Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Collins. It's a joy and an honor to be here this morning. And uh, we are so thankful to Eastside Church. Uh, After our time here last year, uh, all of a sudden it just happened that you guys began to support us. This is the way that we've lived all these years, 26, 27 plus years, just uh, living, doing this uh, journey that God called us out on to go out like Abraham, not knowing where. And in this past season, we've been in 15 different nations. We've seen God doing some amazing things in both in, we started in Israel with Jew and Arab, ministering to Jew and Arab in the land and seen amazing things. And then trekking across uh, parts of Europe and the Middle East and then returning back here towards uh, the end of June. And so thank you guys. And um, I want to speak this morning out of Psalm 85. And I just want to say this, that revival is not a theory to me. Revival is a reality. We have seen God moving in revival. We've seen into the thousands and into the tens of thousands saved in a short period of time because God came in revival glory. We are in a place in our nation and in the world where we need God to bring revival. And in Psalm 85, it's a prayer for revival. And now before I begin to share, I just want to pray, Father, we thank you so much for this place and this people. We thank you, Lord, for hungry hearts. We thank you for even this cry that has arisen today as we've understood the cleansing power of your blood, the freeing, liberating power of your grace. We ask you, Lord, that you would stir and move inside of us with the power of the Holy Spirit to release a fresh movement into this region and in regions beyond. We pray for strength and courage. We pray that the love of God would just baptize all of us right now, that we'd be immersed in Abba's love and in Abba's goodness. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd just like to read it, Psalm 85. It's a prayer, the sons of Korah. Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have covered all of their sin. You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned 
from the fierceness of your anger. Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause your anger towards us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again? I want to read that again. Will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in you. Show us your mercy and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and his, to his saints. But not, let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring up out of the earth. Righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. We see in the first part of these passages the things that God has done. And the first thing that he has done it is he has been favorable to his land. I got news for all of us. This land is not our land. From California to the... It's his land. It's his land. It is God who sets the boundaries of nations. And we see the purpose of the boundaries of nations or ethnic groups, and that is that men would seek after the Lord. That's in Paul's discourse there on Mars Hill to the Stoic philosophers. There's a purpose for boundaries. There's a unique purpose for each ethnos, each ethnic group. America is a unique nation. We are a nation of immigrants. We, are, we represent the world. And we were founded upon a principle that all men were created equal in the sight of God. We were founded on a principle that we would serve God with conscience. We would devote our lives and devote our efforts and, and our land to God. It was the response of a persecuted people leaving Europe that had this design, this heavenly design in their hearts for this nation we call America. God releases an anointing of favor. God's favor is like a shield around the righteous. And when the shield begins to diminish, and unfavorable things begin to happen, it's a wake-up call. It's, a, it's an alarm. God, what, how is this? Why is this? We see the next thing that he does is that you, you have been favorable. You have brought back your people from captivity. In Psalm 126, we see 
when God restored the fortunes of his people Israel. The things that he did for them is he filled their mouths with laughter. So I have a three point, it's on that sub point right now. Ha ha, ho ho, he he. <laughs> he fills our mouths with laughter. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. You can find out how much freedom you have by how much joy you manifest. Appreciate your enthusiasm about that point. <laughs> you can find out how much bondage or how much freedom you have by the lack of laughter and joy. Two things that he restored when he restored their fortunes, he restored laughter and singing. When they came back, they came back to Zion. They came back to the place of his presence. The next thing we see, you have forgiven their iniquity. God is a God of forgiveness. If he was not a God of forgiveness, then none of us would be here today. He forgives all of our sins. He removes all of our iniquities. Sin and iniquity are two different things. Sin, simply put, is missing the mark. Iniquity is this, it's called this bending. It's the generational thing. It's the thing like the fathers have eaten sour grapes. Jeremiah and the children's teeth are set on edge. It's, it's this twisting of generational sins. But Jesus' blood has such a cleansing property to it that it cleanses us from all of our sin and all of our iniquities and removes them as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Lord. We see the next thing is that you have covered everything. I love, I love it when God covers a place with glory. I love the way that he provides covering for each one of us. We all have our stories where we should have died or been maimed. But there was a protection that we knew was the intervention of God. That that was the strong hand of God covering and protecting us. We see in a nation when his people 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles 7. That if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. 
I'd just like to say in this moment, God, would you heal our land? Would you heal the strife and division that's in our land? And would you release revival? We see this covering. This covering, there was a blood covering there in Egypt. Put it over the doorpost of every home. And where that, that blood was on the doorpost, there was no plague, there was no death thing that could come there. We see over the tabernacle that there was a glory covering. We see the power of, of Jesus' blood to cover us and to liberate us from all of our sin and all of our sickness. This psalmist cries out. He says, I'm going to listen to what God's going to say. God is always speaking. There's no place on this planet that his voice does not go out to. That his voice is not heard. God speaks. God speaks clearly through his word. But he says still the same God that spoke to Adam, where are you? That is, before the fall, his, his presence would come like the sound of a voice walking. We as believers, as followers of Jesus, we can know the voice of God. Amen. We can know His voice. His voice will never contradict His word. His voice is so beautiful. Thank you, Lord. In verse 6, we see this prayer, this question. Will you not revive us again? What you have done before, do it again. The word revive means to quicken that which is dead or about to die. To cause breath to enter in. Remember when God created Adam and there was, he was perfect and entire, but there was no breath. And God, I love Michelangelo's depiction of it, got over the top of his created one and breathed into his nostrils and Adam became life-giving. Jesus in John 20, he breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel was taken in open vision to a valley of dry bones where God asked him, can these dry bones live? Let's contemplate for a moment the dead areas of our nation. 
that many have written off. Let's contemplate even in our neighborhoods. In this region, in this city, in this area. Places that people have written off. Areas of urban blight. But I want to tell you, the, when the breath of heaven comes, when God breathes into dead people, when He breathes upon dead places, they will come alive. I never will forget, when I was still in Bible school last year, I had a, a company, a landscaping company, Sunshine Landscaping Company, S-O-N. And uh, so everybody knew I was a preacher. I can't hide it because I like to preach, all right? I like to share the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we had been praying, my partner and I, uh, how that we could reach these hundreds of construction workers doing all these big condo projects in, there on, in the east part of Dallas on Lake Ray Hubbard. And so I went to the general contractor over them all. I said, hey, man, you pay everybody on Friday. They're all there on Friday. Do me a favor. I what I want you to do is hold their checks until I preach. And let me preach to them, then you give them their checks. I knew I'd have a captive audience. He said, I can't do it. I said, no problem, we'll find a different way. And so, Every morning, my business partner and I, we would pray. And that morning, he had a gleam in his eye after we prayed. He said, God's going to do something today. And I was in this little construction trailer office, online with some of the suppliers. And all of a sudden, my, my partner came running and said, Jeff, you've got to come quick. Someone's died on the job. So I went running. And there's all these big bubbas, you know. In Texas, if you call for a Bubba, they'll come out from everywhere, you know? All these Bubbas and tattoos and everything, and big old guys cussing, you know, whatever. And they're surrounding this guy who's blue and purple and not breathing. And the Spirit of the Lord just came on me. And, you know, I, I was a little worked up. And I, I just pushed my way. I said, get up! Get out of my way. <laughs> All the Bubba's part, you know. I get in there. And I laid my hand on this guy. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of death. And I command life to come inside of you right now. And in that moment, it was so cool. The moment my hand left his head, his eyes pop, pop open and he sits up. Hallelujah. And so like the collective oxygen in the area was sucked out. You all these people. <gasps> and I got so excited. I just started preaching, you know. <laughs> I started preaching to all the other then I started I don't know your name. <laughs> but be it known to you that Jesus Christ raised you from the dead. And if you're not serving God, you better. <laughs> And the funny thing was, I had this guy that worked for me, and the way to describe him was he worshipped Garfield, all right? <laughs> and you become like what you worship. So he looked like Garfield. He had a red beard. 
He smoked. He drank coffee all the time. He was always down in the mouth about everything. And we'd share the gospel with him. Totally resistant, you know. And after, let's say two, three weeks after this guy had been raised from the dead, uh, he came into the local coffee shop, breakfast place, and Garfield had my t-shirt on, my, my work shirt with sunshine landscaping. So the guy that had been raised from the dead sees it and said, you work for that preacher, don't you? Garfield said, yeah. <laughs> he said, tell him that I gave my life to Jesus and that I'm serving God. Someone give him praise. Thank you, Father. Will you not revive us again? What you have done before, do again. Let's consider some of the revival movements here. Jonathan Edwards is maligned, viciously maligned through these recent generations for the message he preached centers in the hands of an angry God. And, oh, how could you? He read it in a monotone voice. He read his sermon. His elders, while he was reading it, were screaming and crying out. His elders. And he tried to calm them down. He said, please, men, be quiet. I can't, I can't speak. But they were gripped by the convicting power and presence of the Holy Spirit. There was no hype. There was no, there was no push. He, it was a red sermon. But an atmosphere shifted. Not only over a city, but then an entire region. And then it became a, another awakening in the early stages of our nation. No wonder it's maligned in this day. And Edwards, he wrote in his journal about how bad the sin and the drunkenness and the immorality of Northampton was before revival. Wrote again after those moments. The next day he said, I went into the city today and it was as if the very bricks and mortar of the buildings were alive with the presence of God. Thank you, Father. Verse 9, that glory may dwell in our land. God, will you breathe on America? Will you breathe upon us to quicken us? To cause us to be alive, fully alive. And we want such a work inside of us that the tangible glory of God is felt and known around us. 
This is what revival glory looks like. I've seen it come in Romania where just in a few, in a week, hundreds came to Jesus and then into the thousands over the next successive weeks and months. In Mexico, it was a missionary, missions were futile in Mexico until revival came in the early 90s. And out of that revival movement, hundreds and thousands of churches have been birthed and are being birthed not only now in Mexico, but all over the world. Thank you, Jesus. We have seen here in the States regional revivals, and the fruit of those revivals continue to this day. We give you praise, Jesus. Will you not breathe into us again? Will you not revive us again that glory may dwell in our land? We see that it's God's desire. In the book of Habakkuk said, Lord, revive us again. In wrath, remember mercy. How many thankful that God remembers mercy? <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. God wants to release restoration. You know, when we were singing the song about restore, one of the things that we found out, we started our journey there in Israel, but then went to our island home of Cyprus. And it was the, the place of the first missional release in the Bible where that Paul and Barnabas were sent out by the Holy Spirit from Seleucia. And they landed in Salimus and then had revival from one end of the island all the way to the other. And that's where we have a missional community up in the mountains, in the Trotos Mountains in a village called Moniates. And uh, we were there just this time for a little more than two weeks. And a day or two before we were to depart, this Romanian pastor's wife came her and her husband were the instruments and center of, around that revival I spoke about. And, and she came to me and caught me outside of the worship room and said, Jeff, many years ago, you went over to a, a boy and began to prophesy over him that he would become a pastor and a leader and God would use her, his life. And, and uh, yeah... She smiled and said, and, and Jeff, we just thought you were having a bad night. <laughs> because the boy was both mentally and physically retarded. But I didn't, I didn't know that. And uh, I laid my hand on him, prayed and prophesied over him. And this pastor's wife, Ibi Rudolph, she, she said, and Jeff, it was as if from that night forward, God began to do a progressive miracle in that boy. Amen. 
And then she said these words, he just graduated university. He just graduated university and you can watch him walk and you can study his movements and you cannot tell that he has ever had any disability at all. Thank you, Father. So I just like in this moment to just speak restoration right now. Restoration into everyone here that God will release restoration of any area that you think is a disability, any area that you think in your life that is a liability or something that has been plundered or taken from you, we cry restore. We cry restore God. And we cry restore our families, restore our children, restore finance, restore well-being, restore joy, restore. We cry restore. My wife and I, we lived as a homeless family for about three years in this call. And we would live wherever God would give us revival. It's pretty twisted and weird when you're flying back from overseas, but you don't have a home to go to. And we finally decided, hey, we'd really be nice to kind of have a home again. And we were doing meetings in this city called Palestine, Texas. And, and so this pastor took us to this big old home. We had made a vow that we'd never buy an old home ever again. Be careful what you vow. We bought like four times the old home that we had before. And we bought, our, our house had curbside crack service before we got there. We had prostitutes, drug houses all around. And God planted us there. We are one of the token Anglo white families in the hood. I live in the hood. And everyone, most everyone, loves and respects us. Except those that are being really naughty. <laughs> and, but we have seen, I could tell you story after story, of the restoration that we've seen in our own neighborhood. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Will you not... Revive us again. Christine, could you come and just play on the keyboard? Will you not revive us again that glory may dwell in our land? In the Welsh revival, pre-Welsh revival, there were some desperados, young men and young women, that just did not want to be a part of religious status quo. And so they would, Evan Roberts would work 10 plus hours in the coal mines and then he'd pray for hours at night. Young men and young women just began to be consumed with the zeal 
for the house of God. They were eaten up like Jesus to see God's house, everything that God wanted it to be. And there was this, one of the defining moments was when Evan Roberts just drew an imaginary circle in the room and got in it and said, Lord, revive everyone in the middle of this circle. And heaven, you call on God and he's going to answer you. I want to say that again. You call on God and God will answer you. And so this was, I'm fascinated with the Welsh revival because it was not about a personality. It was not about great preaching. It was not about big, great orchestra or thing. It was about people that were in love, so in love with God. So in love with Jesus that they would just begin to belt out songs without being asked. Hearing His love vast as the ocean, loving kindness like a flood. When the prince of life, our ransom, shed for us his precious blood. See, in revival, you'll always see a rebirthing of songs about the cross, songs about the blood, songs about his mercy and grace. As the Holy Spirit comes in convicting, convincing, reproving power, you begin to become undone, you begin to realize that you can't save yourself. You can't do self-help program enough. You need all that Jesus paid for on the cross for us. And that comes by revelation. It can't be just this knowledge here. It has to be this knowledge here. And so they would sing. And then all of a sudden, conviction would fall on sinners and they'd begin to cry out for mercy. And hours would pass in little chapels, 50, 100 people, 200, 300 would be the largest meeting, I'm told, in, in, in the accounts that I've read, that those are some of the largest meetings were about 300, 400 people. But it happened all across Wales. And such was the revival that magistrates began to wear white gloves because they had no cases. They, everyone got off their case, hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So Father, here at Eastside, this is the church you love. This is the church that you gave your life for. This is a church that your blood flowed forth so that you would present her, so you could present her to yourself like a bride without spot or blemish. Welcome, Holy Spirit, to do what none of us can do for ourselves. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We give you full access 
into our life. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for guiding us into all truth. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. I don't know exactly how much time I have. I guess I'm about done, right? <laughs> then I better get her done. <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. In this moment, if you just say, Lord, I want to be a revival catalyst. Lord, send a revival and let it begin in me. If that's you, would you just stand up straight and tall where you are? Maybe just stretch your hands up to the Father. And just with your own words. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go ahead. Lord, I want to thank you for a revival, not only at Eastside, not only in Charlotte, but in the United States and around the world. We all know you're coming back. We feel it, God. They say when two or more gather that you're there, so we feel your presence. Lord, I thank you for all that you do, not for me, not for anybody in this church, but for what you did on the cross for this world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you right now that yours is an eternal work. That you didn't come to move out, but you came to move in and stay in. And I thank you, Lord, for the presence of your glory in this place. And I pray, Lord, for just a season of visitation I pray, Lord, that it will happen. I prophesy right now the seasons that will come where that they will just come in and begin to fall down saying, what must I do to be saved? We have seen this in revival. We've seen sinners come in angry with demons on them. And they've walked into the atmosphere and fallen under conviction and begin crying out to God. We thank you for a visitation here, God, that this shakes this region and shakes this community, God. Thank you, Father, for stirring up prayer like never before. Will you not revive us again that glory may dwell in our land? Cheryl. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.